I wanted to share a tool that I started using recently. And if you're doing any prospecting or lead sourcing from LinkedIn, it's definitely worth checking out. The tool is called Surf and it's spelled S-U-R-F-E. It's a Chrome extension that allows you to add contacts to your CRM directly from LinkedIn. I use it to add contacts quickly, follow my deals, keep track of my notes. And it's actually saved me a bunch of time. The data is always 100% accurate because I don't have to copy and paste each detail from each contact over to my CRM. Instead, Surf does it all for me automatically with just one click. Now, the folks over at Surf have been kind enough to put together a promo offer for fans of SSP. You can go to the link in the show notes and use the promo code JWSURF with an E5 for a 5% discount on your first year. Check out the link in the show notes and go check them out. I've got a secret weapon for you that's going to skyrocket your sales without the unnecessary headaches that come along with using one of the big player CRM systems. That secret weapon is Close CRM. Now let's face it, we've all been there. We've used a clunky, confusing system that kind of makes you want to throw your laptop out the window. Well, fear not, Close is here to save your time, money, and sanity. Close has all of the powerful sales tools you need, minus the drama, to manage your leads, track your deals, and crush your targets effortlessly. It has calling, emailing, SMS, multi-channel sequences, and it even has meeting tracking built right in. It's easy to set up and implement. You can stop screwing around with CRMs that aren't built for you and start selling and managing customers today. You can start a free trial using the link in the show notes, special for SSP fans. Hey everybody, Jesse here. Uh, coming back to you with our second installment in uh, sort of this short series of episodes that I'm putting together called Finding Your First Opportunity in SaaS Sales. So if you tuned into the last uh, episode of, of, of this uh, series here, you heard a little bit about where, uh, where you might be able to look for SaaS opportunities, specifically from a geo standpoint. Uh, I spoke about a couple of markets that have a lot of SaaS companies due to the the VC or venture capital funding that exists in those cities. But I also, uh, you know, I also mentioned that there's a lot of opportunities out there, even if you're not in one of those, uh, you know, major tech cities, especially now in in 2020 with uh, with the pandemic and lockdowns and work from home becoming the the new normal. Uh, you're, I'm seeing a lot of opportunities that uh, aren't necessarily concerned with where you're based in in the U.S or worldwide at that, uh, as long as you're close to an airport and willing to do some travel after, uh, you know, after that kind of opens back up again. So, uh, there's a lot of great opportunities out there, uh, as I shared, and I kind of gave some, some ideas around how to go and look into tech companies, a few other things to think about being, do you want to start your career at a large software company or a small software startup. They're very different experiences. I've done a little bit of both myself. Uh, I think the benefit in going to a larger company is that you're gonna get uh, out of the gates, you're gonna get some training, some sales training. You're gonna be exposed to more reps. Uh, You're gonna see something at scale, which will help you understand what success looks like in software selling. On the other hand, you could also start your career off as uh, you know an early sales rep at a smaller startup. What's great about that, especially if you're uh, very entrepreneurial and you don't mind uh, you know heavy workloads, long hours, and being a key part in the success of the company, which does come with some stresses. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, there's tons of opportunities also in smaller and earlier stage startups. Uh, the, the challenge there is likely in those environments, you're not going to get as much sales training, 
uh, or formal sales training. And you're going to be exposed to less different types of sellers, less mentoring. Uh, and you're also just not quite going to have, have a, a look into what success looks like at scale. All that said, it's also a really great experience. So you have to be thinking about uh, which path you kind of want to go down first. And it's okay to change later on. You can start at a big company like Salesforce or Microsoft or Oracle, and then uh, you know spend a couple years learning from uh, other reps there and seeing uh, what a scaled software company looks like, and then dive into an earlier stage startup. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I know tons of people in my network have gone that route. The other thing that we talked about in the last episode was trying to think through who you'd like to serve as a seller. So looking at companies, who their buyers are, and then trying to find something that interests you. It's really important if you're new to sales or if you're changing over from another sales role into a software role that you are passionate about what you're doing every single day. You've got to be passionate not only about the product or the solution that you're selling, but also passionate about the audience who you're serving. And so if you're not passionate about trying to sell to developers or or frontline engineers or coders, then don't do that because it's going to be really hard to sell to that audience and you're not going to be successful and you're not going to enjoy your job uh, and you're going to end up churning out of the opportunity and, and going back to the drawing board. That said, if marketing, if you want to sell to marketers or corporate marketers or demand gen or brand marketers, whatever it is, uh, look into opportunities that have solutions that are geared towards marketing teams. Same goes with if you like selling to sellers, uh, look at you know some of the sales enablement tools or engagement tools out there where you could sell to sales leaders instead of, you know, say engineering leaders, right? So be thinking about what problems you'd be passionate about helping solve in a, in a large company uh, and what titles you'd be uh, interested in working with and enjoy working with. And if that's not technical folks, then is that marketers, operations, is it sellers? Is it on the admin and financial side? Would you like to promote something or, or sell something and solve problems for CFOs? All of these are options, uh, but it, it does pay off to do a little bit of research into uh, the, the, the companies you're looking at, which opportunities are out there and, and who they're who they're selling to, who their their buyer persona is. So that's uh, you know some advice for you is just go not only look for uh, whether you want to be in a small or large company, but also look into who that company is serving from a uh, from a customer standpoint. So once you've established a couple of those things, it's going to narrow down your list quite a bit. Yeah, uh, you know, if you if you kind of filter by geo and by uh, who you're passionate about serving and the product that you're selling, from there it really then starts to get into evaluating specific opportunities in specific companies. Now, from what I've seen in my career, there's really two doorways into enterprise software sales. One is by either starting at a software company as a seller, an account executive, as the title is typically called. Uh, and you can start as a, a frontline quota carrying rep that's responsible for closing deals, building pipeline and all those things. Typically, the starting point in software to do that is at a company that's either a startup uh, or at a company that's selling to maybe smaller brands. Most people in my network didn't get their first job in this business by closing you know, massive deals with large enterprises making multiple six figures a year. So if that's the expectation, uh, it's, it's good to level set a little bit here. It doesn't typically start out that way. You've got to grind for a couple of years before you can get into one of those multiple six figure selling roles where you've got a you know, million dollar quota 
and your account book is, uh, you know, large retail brands or large home services brands or large tech companies, whatever it is. So just a level set there. Most people don't start that way. In fact, I can't think of a single person in my network that that started as their first role in, in software sales, uh, you know, making multiple six figures and carrying a million dollar quota. It's totally possible though and, and totally achievable if you stay the course. Um, you do have to pay some dues from from uh, you know my standpoint, from what I've seen, you've got to spend a few years either selling again to small businesses. Uh, usually those are more transactional sales roles where it's it's you know smaller products, so smaller licensing fees. Uh, I started out in this type of role uh, where I did carry a quota. They were really small deal sizes. They were a couple hundred dollars a month in subscription fees. And it was very transactional. The, uh, the goal was to get as many sales done as possible. In fact, my best day in that role, I sold six customers on the same day. It was so much fun. Uh, so that's one way to start. And I actually really recommend that for most folks, if they can. If you can find an opportunity where you're actually closing deals, maybe in, you know maybe you're collecting credit cards over the phone. And that's what I was doing in that first role. If you can find a role like that, it really will build that closing muscle. And you can point to that on your experience as you sort of move up the the, the chain, if you will, to larger brands, larger companies, uh, more you know executive leader type prospects and decision makers. So definitely having that experience is really valuable if you can find the right company that can get you that experience. Now, the other pathway into the business that I've seen is obviously very popular and very common is through the sales development path. And we talked a lot about this on the show. When I had Dustin Brown on a couple of weeks back, we spoke about the, the importance of spending time as an SDR. Now, what's interesting about my career path is that I started as a, as a transactional seller selling to small businesses. And then at one point I decided to actually jump back into a sales development role because it was an enterprise sales development role. What I was, you know, what, what my observation was, was I needed to get some experience prospecting into larger brands reaching out to uh, higher level executives. And for me at that point, the only way to do that was to take a quick step back and jump into a sales development role. And uh, this being an enterprise sales development role, so I could get experience crafting messages, uh, calling and carrying a little bit more executive presence in my prospecting. And then from that role, I got so good at prospecting to the executive level that it was, a, it was an easier transition to jump back into a selling role where I was now responsible for the full pipeline. And that's where, you know, back to my earlier comments, that's where you hear about really high performing reps that have multiple six figure W2s every year and uh, are just absolutely crushing it and have sort of that field sales lifestyle. But a, a lot of them, again, either started in a transactional sales role or they came in and spent some time as a sales development representative, just focused on setting meetings with uh, executives uh, or decision makers. And they call it building pipeline, building sales pipeline for a field seller, partnering with a field seller. What's great about this opportunity is you'll get to work closely with someone who's more experienced on the field sales side, who's going to be the closer in the sales process. Uh, likely, if you're on an SDR team, uh, most companies that have invested in SDRs have also invested in the right tools and sales enablement, uh, you know, personnel and things like that, trainings. So there's going to be a lot of resources for you to learn a lot about the industry really quickly. So I also recommend this path to, to anyone who has that option as well. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's a grind. Uh, it's not fun. It's, uh, it, I don't know. I mean, there are people that enjoy it and I enjoyed parts of it. 
But at the end of the day, it's making a lot of phone calls. It's sending a lot of emails. It's taking a lot of rejection. There's not a lot of variety in the day-to-day. It's the same job. Your job is to set meetings. Your quota is going to be based on how many meetings you set, how much sales pipeline you build. And right when it starts to get fun, you're handing the conversation off to the closer. And that's where the really fun uh, you know, sales process kicks in. So that said, you can learn a lot. And it's really important to get this experience, especially early on in your career, because if you can learn how to generate pipeline consistently for a company, a software company, you're going to have your work cut out for you. That's the reality. Every software company on the planet right now wants more sales pipeline. And if you're someone who can who can be an expert to that company in making it rain leads, making it rain meetings and uh, and pipeline, then you're going to be all set. You're going to be able to posture yourself as uh, you know someone who can not only build pipeline, but has enough executive presence that you can take those deals and, and actually close those as well. So it's a great experience to go the SDR route also. And I think it's important to, to develop that muscle of, of doing the prospecting activities, learning how to make cold calls effectively, learning how to send uh, you know concise prospecting emails, learning how to leverage LinkedIn. These are all great skills. So once you've kind of honed in on on you know metros that you want to work in or or not, you know remote opportunities you want to work in, uh, size of company you want to work for, what type of solution you want to uh, you know you want to present and and pitch. Then also, you know, your best path into a software company, whether that's on a closing in a closing role, if you can swing one. If not, you know, that SDR role is a great starting point as well and a great opportunity, especially if you can come in, grind through it, be the top performing SDR, make the most calls on the floor, send the most emails, uh, get crafty. You know, it's not always it's not always about numbers either, especially as you're you're working with more enterprise and senior level leadership. So those are uh, you know a couple of paths into a software company. So now that you've kind of pinned uh, you know honed in on those those attributes, you can kind of look for opportunities that that uh, are out there for you now that you've kind of decided on a, a couple of those criteria. And in the next episode, I'm going to talk about some specific ways that you can stand out uh, from other applicants as you're going through an interview process. There's a few things that you can do that will showcase to hiring managers in this industry that you've already got the drive and the passion and, and the baseline skill sets to succeed. You may need some coaching. There's obviously uh, you know industry knowledge uh, and training that's going to come just with time and, and repetition. But there's a few things that you can do as you're interviewing for these opportunities to really set yourself apart from other candidates. So tune into the next episode. I'm going to share a few things that I've done. Uh, and these are you know, mostly tactics that, that I've been advised to do by mentors that I've had. Uh, when I've been interviewing, when I've interviewed for roles. And again, the idea behind this is if you can show that you pretty much already know how to do this job, uh, because a lot of what this job entails is going to be building relationships, uh, anchoring, uh, you know, or I shouldn't say anchoring, but standing out from the competition and showcasing your value or your solutions value in a really, you know, nice, concise and compelling way that gets someone's attention. So in the next episode, I'm going to teach a couple of these tactics that I've used to, to ensure that I've landed the opportunities that I've gone after. Now they're not guaranteed. I'm not going to make that promise, but I think that if you, uh, uh, implement a couple of these tactics, you're going to find that you're more likely to land 
land that dream role in the software business uh, because you're going to be doing something that that 99% of other applicants aren't doing. So tune in on the next episode. It'll probably be uh, a couple days before I drop that one, guys. I've got uh, relatives coming in to town for the holidays, so I'm going to be a little bit tied up for that. But uh, be on the lookout for the next episode. And uh, if you need anything from me, you know where to find me. And uh, thanks for listening. 